Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 136. Today we are going to go back to the book of Kings and Chronicles, these two books that tell the story of the kings of Israel. And as we do, we're picking it up where we left off, and that is at the death of Solomon. And now we see what happens to the kingdom of Israel after his death. And I think one of the themes that runs through the book of uh, Kings, and especially in this section, is how important character is. That when you look at competency, you look at skills, you look at position, think about power, how important a person's character is and how that character matters. And we'll see that in the book of Kings and Chronicles in these stories. And we'll also see it as we begin a new book as well, the book of Titus, which I'll say a little bit more about when we get there later on. So let's begin with 1 Kings chapter 12. And we pick up the story with um, basically Rehoboam, and that is Solomon's son, uh, and his attempt to become the king. 1 Kings 12. Rehoboam traveled to Shechem, for all Israel had gathered in Shechem to make Rehoboam king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard the news, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon and had been living ever since. They sent for him, and Jeroboam and the whole Israelite assembly came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made us work too hard. Now if you lighten the demands he made and don't make us work as hard, we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days and then return to me. So the people went away. King Rehoboam consulted with the older advisors who had served his father Solomon when he had been alive. He asked them, How do you advise me to answer these people? They said to him, Today, if you will be a servant to these people and grant their requests, speaking kind words to them, they will be your servants from this time forward. But Rehoboam rejected their advice and consulted the young advisors who served him with whom he had grown up. He asked them, How do you advise me to respond to these people who said to me, Less than the demands your father placed on us? The young advisors with whom Rehoboam had grown up with him said to him, Say this to the people who have said that to you. Your father made us work hard, but now lighten our burden. Say to them, I am a lot harsher than my father. My father imposed heavy demands on you. I will make them even heavier. My father punished you with ordinary whips. I will punish you with whips that really sting your flesh. Jeroboam and all the people reported to Rehoboam on the third day, just as the king had ordered when he said, Return to me on the third day. The king responded to the people harshly. He rejected the advice of the older men and followed the advice of the younger ones. He said, My father imposed heavy demands on you. I will make them even heavier. My father punished you with ordinary whips. I will punish you with whips that really sting your flesh. The king refused to listen to the people because the Lord was instigating this turn of events so that he might bring to pass the prophetic announcement he made through Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, the people answered the king, We have no portion in David, no share in the son of Jesse. Return to your homes, O Israel. 
Now look after your own dynasty, O David. So Israel returned to their homes. Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the cities of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, the supervisor of the work crews, out after them, but all Israel stoned him to death. King Rehoboam managed to jump into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the Davidic dynasty to this very day. When all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they summoned him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. No one except the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the Davidic dynasty. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he summoned 180,000 skilled warriors from all Judah and the tribe of Benjamin to attack Israel and to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But God told Shemai, the prophet, Say this to, the king Rehobo- to King Rehoboam, son of Solomon of Judah, and to all Judah and Benjamin, as well as the rest of the people. This is what the Lord has said. Do not attack and make war with your brothers, the Israelites. Each of you go home. Indeed, this thing has happened because of me. So they obeyed the Lord's message. They went home in keeping with the Lord's message. Jeroboam built up Shechem in the Ephraimite hill country and lived there. From there he went out and built up Penuel. Jeroboam then thought to himself, Now the Davidic dynasty could regain the kingdom if these people go to offer sacrifices in the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. Their loyalty could shift to their former master, King Rehoboam, king of Judah. They might kill me and return the kingdom to Rehoboam. After the king had consulted with his advisors, he made two golden calves. Then he said to the people, It is too much trouble for you to go up to Jerusalem. Look, Israel, here are your gods who you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He put one in Bethel and the other in Dan. This caused Israel to sin. The people went to Bethel and to Dan to worship the calves. He built temples on the high places and appointed as priests common people who were not Levites. Jeroboam inaugurated a festival on the 15th day of the 8th month like the festival celebrated in Judah. On the altar in Bethel, he offered sacrifices to the calves he had made. In Bethel, he also appointed priests for the high places he had made. On the 15th day of the 8th month, a date he had arbitrarily chosen, Jeroboam offered sacrifices on the altar he made in Bethel. He inaugurated a festival for the Israelites and went up to the altar to offer sacrifices. We'll leave the story there, but we're going to head over to Second Chronicles chapter 10, and we'll read part of the same story there and see some slightly different angles, but we'll see some of the things that are raised there as part of the same story. So Second Chronicles chapter 10. Rehoboam traveled to Shechem, for all Israel had gathered in Shechem to make Rehoboam king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard the news, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. Jeroboam returned from Egypt. They sent for him, and Jeroboam and all Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made us work too hard. Now if you lighten the demands he made and don't make us work as hard, we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days, then return to me. So the people went away. King Rehoboam consulted with the older advisors who had served his father Solomon when he had been alive. He asked them, How do you advise me to answer these people? They said to him, If you are fair to these people, grant their request and are cordial to them, they will be your servants from this time forward. But Rehoboam rejected their advice and consulted the young advisors who served with him, served him with whom he had grown up. He asked them, How do you advise me to respond to these people who said to me, Lessen the demands your father placed on us? The young advisors with whom Rehoboam had grown up to, with him said, 
Say this to the people who have said to you, your father made us work hard, but now lighten our burden. Say this to them, I am a lot harsher than my father. My father imposed heavy demands on you. I will make them even heavier. My father punished you with ordinary whips. I will punish you with whips that really sting your flesh. Jeroboam and all the people reported to Rehoboam on the third day, just as the king had ordered when he said, return to me the third day. The king responded to the people harshly. He rejected the advice of the older men and followed the advice of the younger ones. He said, My father imposed heavy demands on you. I will make them even heavier. My father punished you with ordinary whips. I will punish you with whips that really sting your flesh. The king refused to listen to the people because God was instigating this turn of events so that he might bring to pass the prophetic announcement he had made through Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, We have no portion in David, no share in the son of Jesse. Return to your homes, O Israel. Now look after your own dynasty, O David. So all Israel returned to their homes. Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the cities of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Hadaram, the supervisor of work crews, out after them, but the Israelites stoned him to death. King Rehoboam managed to jump into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in a rebellion against the Davidic dynasty to this very day. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he summoned 180,000 skilled warriors from Judah and Benjamin to attack Israel and restore the kingdom to Rehoboam. But the Lord's message came to the prophet Shemaiah, saying, Say this to King Rehoboam, son of Solomon of Judah, and to all the Israelites in Judah and Benjamin. The Lord says this, Do not attack and make war with your brothers. Each of you go home, for I have caused this to happen. They obeyed the Lord and called off the attack against Jeroboam. Rehoboam lived in Jerusalem. He built up these fortified cities throughout Judah, Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Beshur, Succo, Adullam, Gath, Marashah, Ziph, Adonariam, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Aijalon, and Hebron. These were the fortified cities in Judah and Benjamin. He fortified these cities and placed officers in them, as well as storehouses of food, olive oil, and wine. In each city there were shields and spears. He strongly fortified them. Judah and Benjamin belonged to him. The priests and the Levites who lived throughout Israel supported him, no matter where they resided. The Levites even left their pasture lands and their property behind and came to Judah and Jerusalem, for Jeroboam and his sons prohibited them from serving as the Lord's priests. Jeroboam appointed his own priests to serve at the worship centers and to lead in the worship of the goat idols and the calf idols he had made. Those among all the Israelite tribes who were determined to worship the Lord God of Israel followed them to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord God of their ancestors. They supported the kingdom of Judah and were loyal to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, for three years. They followed the edicts of David and Solomon for three years. Rehoboam married Mahalath, the daughter of David's son, Jeremoth, and of Abahel, the daughter of Jesse's son, Eliab. She bore him sons named Jeush, Jeush, Shemariah, and Saham. He later married Makah, the daughter of Absalom. She bore him Abijah, Atai, Zizai, and Shelameth. Rehoboam loved Makah, daughter of Absalom, more than his other wives and concubines. Concubines. He had 18 wives and 60 concubines. He fathered 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam appointed Abijah, son of Makah, as the leader over his brothers, for he intended to name him as successor. 
He wisely placed some of his many sons throughout the region of Judah and Benjamin in the various fortified cities. He supplied them with abundant provisions and acquired many wives for them. And that's where we'll leave the story for now. We'll pick it up again in the next episode. But we notice that um, Rehoboam really has made a, a critical error here, and his character comes through. He thought he could wield power because of his position, but his character proved that people wouldn't follow him. They didn't see the character of someone who loved them and cared for them as the king was supposed to do. And we see that this is an important thing to God. It's part of the reason why he takes the so many of the tribes away from him. And yet Jeroboam shows the same problems, the same kind of issues, not trusting God, setting up false worship, doing things that dishonor God in the way that he set up these golden calves and these idols. And again, it's the character issues that come through in leadership. And this leads us to our final uh, reading for today from Titus. And this is a letter the Apostle Paul writes to a man named Titus, who is also someone who Paul trusted to serve and lead the church. And in this letter, and especially in this chapter of this letter, Titus chapter 1, we see that Paul lays out for the church the qualifications for what the leadership of the church are supposed to be like. And as you read this and as you hear this, uh, I hope that you'll notice that the vast majority of the qualifications listed are character qualities, not skills or competency. And so it's a great reminder for all of us about what a true leader in the church or otherwise is all about, that ultimately it comes down to the most important aspects are character. So let's read from Titus chapter 1. From Paul, a slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's chosen ones and the knowledge of the truth that is in keeping with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before time began. But now, in his own time, he has made his message evident through the preaching I was entrusted with, with, according to the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my genuine son, in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was to set in order the remaining matters and to appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife, with faithful children who cannot be charged with dissipation or rebellion. For the overseer must be blameless as one entrusted with God's work, not arrogant, not prone to anger, not a drunkard, not violent, not greedy for gain. Instead, he must be hospitable, devoted to what is good, sensible, upright, devout, and self-controlled. He must hold firmly to the faithful message as it has been taught so that he will be able to give exhortation in such healthy teaching, and correct those who speak against it. For there are many rebellious people, idle talkers and deceivers, especially those with Jewish connections, who must be silenced because they mislead whole families by teaching for dishonest gain what ought not to be taught. A certain one of them, in fact, one of their own prophets said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Such testimony is true. For this reason, rebuke them sharply that they may be healthy in the faith and not pay attention to Jewish myths and commands of people who reject the truth. All is pure to those who are pure, but to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. They profess to know God, but with their deeds they deny Him, since they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good deed." So we have Paul's instructions 
his description of elders, the leaders of the church, his warning against people who are not like that, who should not be in positions of leadership or listened to. And all these things, again, remind us that God is the one who changes people's hearts and lives. And part of what God wants to do is also change our lives in such a way that we grow in our character, that our character ultimately becomes like Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.